Podcast Network. This is episode 157. I'm your first host, Marcello. And I'm host number two, D. I'm host number three, Corey. What's up? Not much, man. Me either. Do you guys ever wonder where Billy Blanks is? I don't even know who that is. Is he the Tybo guy? He's Billy Blanks. Yeah, Tybo guy. Uh, no. I mean, I don't do it frequently i'm just saying that he was a big deal and you know you know how there's always these articles that show up in your internet and they're like where's this celebrity now and it shows you the picture of like the little kid from jerry Maguire. you're like oh yeah where is that guy clickbaited way too hard those are no it's not like i'm clicking on it i don't click on it but i have the thought to click on it i have more restraint i just see it i'm just like Oh, yeah, I wonder where that guy is. And then I keep it moving. There was a podcast called Finding Richard Simmons that was really popular last year. You could just do Finding Billy Blanks. He has, like, a like a son, like, following in his footsteps, I think. He was on. Billy Blanks' son? He was on. Uh, what was that show? It was a stupid show that they fight for money. They, they, Mark Cuban's on it. Shark Tank. Yeah, he was on Shark Tank. You say fight for money? Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. That's what they're doing. They're fighting for money. Intellectual he's also fight. old. Who, Billy Blanks? Yeah, he's in his 60s. Yeah, man. He was in his 40s when we were kids. Anyway, and he married a Japanese any, Anyway, woman. this is a dumb conversation. Yeah. Too easy to go far off the rails in the internet age. All right. That... So, that... That uh, that conversation was brought to you by Pally. Let's get into that. Yeah. All right. So I flubbed. It's it's not Pally.io. It's Pally.co. You might remember them when they were on the show, and you know if uh, they're on the show, then we like them. And basically, what they are is they're a decentralized social travel ecosystem comprised by Pally Social. That is a mobile app that has been live since April. And then the other part of the model is Pally Adventures, which is a community marketplace where visitors can immerse themselves in new cities through unique experiences curated by local hosts. So this podcast is all about community. So are they. So it's it's kind of a good fit. And I recently ran this uh, story where Pally is operating a no-tolerance policy for discriminatory abuse, malicious, or violent behavior. So if you're using the app and you're staying with somebody, they have a really good reporting system so you can feel safe. 
so all that, the logistics have been worked out. The August pre-sale sold out in 11 minutes, and the team is very busy preparing for the upcoming crowd sale, which hits October 15th. And uh, you can find more information at www.pally.co, and we all hope to see you there. Yeah, I'm totally using that stuff in January when I go to London. I'm going to like, oh, I love the part of that episode where he said he's like undercover Boston self. Like he used the platform <laughs> and just pretended he was a regular user. And some guy was like, hey, you're, you're the owner of this thing. <laughs> so yeah, I'm Tom. How's it going? I um, uh, I'll probably use it too. I'm supposed to be going to Italy next year, so for what? We'll see. To see Italy. You just maybe I'm supposed to be going to Italy. I'm planning on going, and if life permits, I'm gonna go. If life cool. doesn't, then I'm not. What part of Italy? I'm uh, gonna go to Rome. Gonna go to Pisa. Gonna go to uh, Florentine. Florentine. Gonna go I'm to... not terribly sure. That's a place. Florence. Lawrence, Lawrence, Naples. I think going to Naples too. He's gonna go. He's gonna go see. super touristy. Super touristy. Yeah, man. Well, I'm gonna try to lay low because you know of all the terrorism. But speaking I'm of terrorism, go. who? I wonder, like, how many of our listeners we're gonna see in Mexico? <laughs> what? How did you make those connections? Mexico is like Please. super dangerous, though, right? Like a it's war not zone. terrorism dangerous. It's narco dangerous. Yeah, Those are to- two different flavors of danger. Well, one yeah, is like, go ahead, Cello. They're taking those narcos wars to the beach resorts, though. Yeah, like it's like think about the scenario of DevCon and the fact that like, like this is it's a shitload of really wealthy, young, naive people in a single place and then good while, like wiling out after the conference yeah. doing stuff like it's, it's like, it's, it's a honeypot for just getting kidnapped hard. Like we're going, yeah. hey, we're going, we're not, we're not millionaires. I, I, I hope no one like accidentally kidnapped, like, sure. kidnaps us and they're like, Give me all your money. And we're like, we don't fucking have any. <laughs> There's 25,000 homicides in Mexico this year. Oh, holy shit. It's, why, it's just, why are we going to this? There was 23 homicides in June. Going to the beach. I don't, I don't care if there's murders on the beach. I'll go to the beach. You uh, care way too much about the beach, my friend. Oh, I'm, I'm not um, leaving the apartment. Yeah, let this episode be a public service announcement to you guys listening and wanting to go to DevCon. Yeah, don't get murdered. So don't get drunk and roam around in the streets with your American asses and then try to like, huh? For real. Like, I'm I'm backing you up on that one. I'm hype manning you. Yeah. We're, we're serious about this. We usually are serious about a lot of things. But there are three things we're serious about. Zoe Saldana, Michelle Obama, and this. Like, really... Be careful when you're out there because you could get kidnapped. You could get straight up murdered. I mean, if they're murdering the – what is that guy? The the, the scene find, location finder for Narcos, the show on Netflix, then they will murder your ass too if you're talking about some – I just well, made – That cat 200. was probably like 
getting into things. He was like he was he was going to places you don't you shouldn't be doing. Clearly, if you're in a foreign country, you shouldn't be like flaunting the fact that you're a an American and have a bunch of money. It's not ever any it's, you don't want to make yourself look like you have a bunch of money if you're in a situation that's dangerous. Yeah, if anybody asks us, we're not at a fintech conference. We're don't just there me. to I'm I'm broke as fuck. If anybody yeah, I'm, I'm gonna tell them I'm T pain. Get into some <laughs> shit. <laughs> All right, you get you get kidnapped. We'll we'll see you next yeah. never. I'm not gonna tell people I'm a rich celebrity. I will do the opposite. Well, That's gonna not. be me. It's <laughs> five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and then I'm gonna get bored. And then I'm gonna walk the streets. I'm T pain bitches and get kidnapped. I just wanna go on an adventure. I wanna see what it's like. Last time we were in Cancun, you were a nightmare. I wasn't a nightmare. I was pretty mild. For a nightmare. So what's up with uh the conversation we should probably have about the podcast that we're doing? Uh so Bitcoin. Thank you guys for for sticking around this long in this random conversation. So Bitcoin, right? I wanted to specifically talk about and Corey and Cello agreed the bipolar environment the media has towards reporting good and bad regulatory temperament around the globe. Like it just seems like week over week, either Bitcoin is only for the deep dark web and miscreants or Bitcoin is getting high praise. And maybe that is just the reality. And that's just the reality we have to deal with, but it leaves investors and users and people like we're always on the edge of our seat. Because I think the world knows that that is like one last major hurdle for complete legitimacy, the regulatory hurdle. And it just kind of leaves everyone on the edge of their seat. I don't know, man. And I don't know what to think of it. It's it's clickbait. It's all clickbait. Like people are going to publish what they think will get clicks because they want to drive people to their platform and when they publish dumb stuff or like sensationalist titles, they get more clicks. They just they're they're incentivized to continue to do that. It's but like it, it's all it's all garbage. Like, I don't even know where to read things anymore. I only read garbage. like GitHub. That's the only thing I, I can be comfortable understanding is reading someone's GitHub repository. I don't know. It's 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 all garbage. And that is that a sign of adoption? Is that a sign of adoption? Like the fact that it's hard to find, it's hard to like weed through all of the sensationalist titles because people are like jumping into it, find like the really good stuff. Because maybe it is a sign of adoption. The only thing you you could read earlier, like in the early days, was stuff that was like it was good stuff because there's there's nobody nobody gave a shit. So anybody who published anything was like deeply cared about this this scenario now it's just anyone like who is it someone getting their hair cut their barber was talk, asking about bitcoin yeah maybe it is think, a sign of adoption i on ramp china wants wants to introduce regulation or you think they just want to ban all exchanges they're just making China's, money yeah china wants to wait and they want to see 
how they can roll this into their economy. I guarantee you. Because China's always trying to get a leg up on stuff, man. That's how they do it. They have. They're always like, they're always trying to do that. And they're not going to just outright. Because if they were going to do that, they would have shut down the mines. They're not shutting down the mines. The mines are still going. Yeah, but those those miners don't have any place to put their money. Like, so we think. That's a huge they issue. They can onion yeah. themselves. They can VPN yeah. their asses out. And they can get a hop up on local Bitcoins. Like, I don't think you've ever used local Bitcoins. Yeah, just use it. It's not just like a, it's a safe assumption. <laughs> I've never used local Bitcoin. I never you had to sign to. up. You gotta like, yeah, but use can't you like VPN out? Can't you onion yourself into how, nothingness? Where are they, and like, where are they gonna get money from? Like, what? Who? How is the person gonna give them money? The person can show up to China. Cool local Bitcoin. Obviously, my plans have been foiled by reality. But let's talk about like, there's got to be a way they're getting it out. They're not just wasting all that electricity. It's free. They're not. It's free electricity. They're just already just holding on to the Bitcoin. How is the electricity free? It's China, dude. It should subsidize. Like they just oh, have like so right. they have they have so much extra energy in certain areas where like these mines happen to be that they just basically run the mines for free. Like, well, in terms of electricity, there's still a lot of operational costs and stuff, but that's why they can do it is because they have this like weird energy system that is screwed up and energy is basically free in these areas. Okay. So basically free internet means they get to mine all this Bitcoin that's really valuable. You think the country's just going to let that happen? No. By the way, uh, finally... Local Ethereum is online. I ain't using that shit. Why not? I don't beta test anything. I didn't get my PS4 when it first came out. I didn't get my Wii U when it first came out. I'm not the beta tester for people shit. I tried that with a Xbox 360, I think, and I got the red ring of death. Did you buy so I don't beta test. Did you buy shit. ICOs? Oh, I got that a lot. That doesn't count. You bought ICOs, so you're you're a liar. Stop using logic on me this morning, sir. <laughs> it's too early for that. <laughs> anyway, localethereum.com. Type it in your browser. Don't click on links. It's online. It's the same. It's like the only thing that's like, finally. I don't know why it took so long to get this up, up and running. I should have had some coffee. Fuck. Okay, so, yeah. I... I I participate in betas because I've participated in an ICO. Most of the tokens I have are second market, but shit. Anyways, local Ethereum. It's like the new local Bitcoins, but for Ethereum, hence the name. It's literally what Why should I use it? Well, if you want to if you want to if you're more interested in Ethereum than Bitcoin, yeah. Good reason to use it. And a lot of people are. I I don't know. I'd be, I'm becoming more of a big Ethereum maximalist. Like I'm on. Oh par. my god, yeah. Corey, you've been converted. I, I'm slowly He's been saying that though. I don't know. It's it's just more interesting. There's more interesting things going on in the space. Yeah, that's because everyone left the interesting thing to say something was more interesting, and now we have a more interesting thing. What's happened? What's it's happened? Funny how we have Segwit. All right, cool. We have Segwit. What's 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 being built on Bitcoin? 
You know what I honestly think about the entire Ethereum community, and I'm not gonna, I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna get some backlash for this statement. I think the Ethereum community has too much pride and too much pansy, and that is creating this perfect whirlwind, perfect storm of innovation. They're too damn soft to work with somebody and not like it, and they're too damn prideful to work with somebody and submit their own idea for a later day and only work on someone else's idea, which is why they all left the Bitcoin community because it was getting too tough to talk and went to the Ethereum community where everybody shakes hands and jerks each other and rubs on each other's balls. It's, you know how hard it is to build something on Bitcoin compared to Ethereum? That's why they're using Ethereum. Yeah. It's just easier to build on Ethereum. You know how hard it was to build the pyramids? Not fucking easy. You know how hard it was to do lots of great things? Not fucking easy. But it doesn't mean that you just pack up your ball and go home and start building somewhere else. Do you, it means do you, you figure out how to build on the hard shit. Do you use the pyramids? I mean, it, was, huh? it was hard for slaves, but it was easy for the people you, that like wanted the pyramids to be built. How often do you I use the pyramids? Hard for those, are, those, are, those are really useful things these days. I'm really, ha- really glad the pyramids are here because they make my life a lot better. Have you ever seen them? I don't give a shit. I've seen them anything. on the internet. They're amazing. I don't give a shit about pyramids. <laughs> I don't give a shit about your pyramids. I want you to go to Giza and say that. <laughs> yeah, cool. They're cool to look at once in a lifetime. But, like, what are they doing? Like, I don't know. Building You're... on something that's just for the novelty's sake. Because I would hate to because give you an inspirational really speech. really old and it's the original thing is dumb. I would, I would hate to works. give you an inspirational speech because you'd be the guy that's like, all those analogies are fake and none of this matters. And I'm like, okay, well, somebody, fuck. Yeah, I'm going to call you out for dumb shit you say. It's not dumb shit. It's an analogy. And it's saying that everyone in the Ethereum community, when the going got tough in Bitcoin, they packed up their things and they figured out how to make it easy somewhere else. That's a dumb thing. So to say. Have, That's have just a dumb thing to say. I don't think it's a dumb thing to say. I think it's a very smart thing to say, and that's why I said it. No, it's dumb. Because that's it's, what happens in the Ethereum community. Ethereum is a more general purpose blockchain. You can do more things on it, period. The only thing like Bitcoin has going for it is it has a larger network, maybe kind of now, not even that's, that's, that's arguable. And it's been a long, it's been around longer. It has the name sake that most people hear about when they hear about cryptocurrency. That's, it has a larger proof of work going on. That's really about it. Like that's, that's it. There's nothing special about it. It has, sure. You can say it has a like smaller attack vectors because the hat, like the scripting algorithm you use to do transactions is more limited. So you can't, you know, hack it as much. And so there's, it's been around longer. So like people have been trying to hack it. So it's more robust yeah. to the idea of being That's hacked. That's a big deal, man. That is. Not being sure. able to hack it as but much you can't is a big deal. build anything on it. And because that's what I'm hard. here for. Because it's hard or because you actually can't? You actually can't. Because it's it's technologically what? limiting. It's not efficient in terms of building things on top of it in a lot of different ways. I and mean, there are there are certain right. use cases where it fits in and it's perfect. But if you want to try and experiment and like push the boundary of things, not like maybe later on when Lightning Network comes online and people can actually do things with state channels, maybe later on when Rootstock comes online and they have some type of smart contract capability with a side chain, which isn't the native token, 
Maybe. I don't know. Maybe something will happen later on. But right now, people are just using it. Not even using it. They're just buying it and holding it. Which is okay. not the point of the currency. what are people doing with Ether that's any different? They're at least building platforms on top of it. They're doing, like, Plasma is in the works. Which is, once again, the same argument. Maybe later on, Plasma will work. But at least it's on the test network. All of it's a maybe later on argument. And Ether is the embodiment of the millennial god that you can work on something and never have any conflict and everybody gets along and everything is beautiful. I don't know where you get That's that. not the way the world works. I don't know where and you And that's get why that. everyone left Bitcoin. I think you just made that up. I didn't just make that up. I've been in this community since everyone left Bitcoin to go to, go to Ethereum because Bitcoin is so toxic. Bitcoin is so this and Bitcoin is so that. Like, no, you just don't have the balls to talk to somebody in a conflict, like have a contentious discussion with someone and end up getting the same result that think, you're both looking for. I think for. Bitcoin is toxic and people talk about this dumb stuff that people talk about in the Bitcoin community because Bitcoin is boring and there's nothing else to talk about. Like there's Bitcoin nothing going has, on. So they like, we got to talk about something. If we want to talk about Bitcoin. Let's talk about, uh, I don't know, block size bait or I don't know, like... Like, just make something up because nothing's happening. It still works. It's always worked. It will always work. It's just boring. There's nothing, nothing's happening. Maybe, maybe later on in the state channels will make something happen. But when state channels happen, it's going to be more along the lines of, like, linking to other chains. So it gets pushed down into this, like, storage of value, which is the antithesis of what a currency should be i think that's dumb to say bitcoin is a storage of value and only a storage of value that's not what a currency does you got to use something in order for it to be useful like that's the it's the word the word useful implies use if the only thing people are using it for is to hold because they think they're going to make money later on that's dumb I don't know. Where's the data that shows that people aren't using it? Tell me why why would you use it? Where are you gonna use it? You gonna you gonna buy something online? I'm not talking about me. And I do use it from time to time. I use mine all the time. But like most people won't buy something because they think it's gonna be worth more later on or they're worried about like the price. So they never they're never incentivized to actually use it. For the, what it's useful for. I'm sure there's remittances across the country. Sure. If you can, you know, give somebody Bitcoin overseas, they can, they, if they have somebody they can transfer it to and get the fiat that they want, they can use that pool. Yeah, but we could be talking a little bit outside of our wheelhouse here because we have no idea what the cycle, the, like the psychological cycles of a user whenever a new currency is ramping up. It's still too difficult for the average person. So we have this niche place of people like us who use this type of stuff, and then nobody else. Like we we talked about that. Like it's not going to be massively adopt until people are using it and not know they're using it. We're nowhere near that. And in the meantime, there's other stuff being built that could potentially take that over. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I. I my in my opinion, if I look into the future. And I'm trying to make okay. a picture or landscape of what's going to be. I see everything built on Ethereum. And Bitcoin is still the exact same thing as it was. 
now they're taking a shot at the Ethereum community, I'd like to say, if you guys will just learn to have tough conversations, then you could probably get a lot more progress a lot faster than you are. I do see That's Vitalik this. as like an issue because he is so he, like he's ridiculously smart. He's ridiculously driven. He focuses on the protocol, but the moment that dude dies, Jesus! Like, you think that the, wow. think the community what, can handle you, it? How did you go from? How did you go to his death as a thing? Well, think about that. Like, his alleged fake death caused a huge problem in the whole ecosystem. People really, really, really look to him for answers in that community. That's why that's he should have fucking dipped out like Satoshi. Well, maybe that's maybe that was good reasoning for Satoshi. Like, this is just this weird trade-off. You either have someone that you lead up, like, look up to, some you know, benign dictator or like you know beneficial dictator kind of dictator that gets things moving things get done things move fast and everything is happy go lucky or nobody and things move incredibly slowly because no one has the voice to speak up which one's the correct one i don't know i guess we're all figuring that out I guess we could move to our interview. Wait, oh, what do you think, man? I don't know. I don't. I can't even participate in this conversation. I don't know. Why can't you? I, I don't see it. I, well, were I don't you see surfing the internet this whole time we were talking? That's what I feel like has happened. No, I'm not saying I can't participate because I wasn't paying attention. I just I don't see the big divide like you guys do. What is it for you? Yeah. As, as long as the price goes up, I see interest. There doesn't always have to be something going on. I'm not bored of Bitcoin. There you go. It's the price. You're just the price is going up. It's like you don't care about the utility. I mean, uh, don't. I mean, that's. I don't want to say that. You just but did. I'm, I'm not. No, I care. <laughs> it's just. It's never. As long as the price goes up, I'm not bored. That's all I'm saying. I don't know. I, I, only, I only care about <laughs> utility. I only care about utility. Like, I want people to use it. I want people. I want to make people's people's lives better. I want to do things that I couldn't do before. I want to build something that couldn't have been built before. If I can't I do that, that, then it's boring. Who cares? Price goes up. Cool. It's an investment. Man, I'm not a right brother. I'm. I'm going to leave it to history to determine the things that I've made were good or not. But I know I can't make a damn thing on my own. And I can't make anything that's worthwhile on my own. And that's one of the... that's a, See, I have a lot of qualms with the Ethereum community lately. Everybody puts all this shit on Vitalik. But if you never... If you look real close, it says co-founder and co-creator. Like, there's other people that helped him build Ethereum. And I don't know. I have some qualms with the Ethereum community. That's another one. But well, if he if he if he did die and he left or just decided to dip out, Ethereum would be fine. It's gonna keep moving in the right direction, but like the sentiment around it would change because they don't have their like leader. That's I don't know. Like there's no there's nothing technically wrong with him leaving. I'm just saying people would get butt hurt if he did. Super butt hurt. You think 
he has groupies. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had to change that. <laughs> I'm glad you got to hear my thinking out loud. Coming in with the hard questions. That's what I provide. All right. Oh. I guess we can go to our interview. Yep. Yeah, we should probably go to our interview on that Looney Tunes noise I just made. Anyway, <laughs> for those who, who have a strong opinion on this, chime in on the Slack. We'll have a conversation about it. Um. Anyways. Yeah, let's Did do I that. Did I sponsor this interview? The interview is brought to you by Sandals Resorts in Mexico. <laughs> no this longer. This is brought to you by Socks and Sandals, the preferred way to wear them. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Nobody, you're not wearing your sandals right if your feet don't look like Ninja Turtle feet. <laughs> All anyway. right. Ep- episode, yeah. uh, episode 157, we got uh, Mr. Shigala, who's whose focus is to make the world a better place by giving people back their control of their money. And at the same time, he helps develop financial solutions for people in developing countries uh, like Puerto, Puerto Rico. needs that pretty bad right now. But so how does he do that? Uh, he's the co-founder of the first real-time Bitcoin gold trading engine on the market, which is called Voltoro, the first true Bitcoin gold trading platform. Uh, it's basically the fastest way to buy and sell physical allocated gold and spend it. So he's he's coming back to the show. It's been a while, and we just check in and see what's the damn deal. Josh Agala. Here it is. Hey, guys. I have with us Mr. Joshua Shigala, who's no stranger to the podcast. Uh, hey, buddy. How's it going? <laughs> good man good it's uh it's a pleasure to be back oh yeah and for people that don't know um you're associated with Voltoro and they're in they're an asset-based security solution that enables people to not only secure tangible assets like gold and silver but also digital assets like bitcoin and ethereum so that's why you're you're always relevant to the podcast so basically it's kind of a a, a real-time trading platform but it's innovative and and it's really uh, versatile. And uh, I think you're holding like 12 million euros worth of Bitcoin and gold, which is probably a lot more than the last time you were on the show. Yeah, we've definitely grown a lot. Yeah, it's um, thanks a lot for your kind words too. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely. I mean, the whole ecosystem's grown so much uh, just in in the last well, in the last year even. Uh, it's it's really expanded. I mean, it's 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 starting. To be when I when I talk to people, I say something about Bitcoin. Have you heard of that? They're like, yeah, yeah, I know a little bit. I don't really understand it, but I know of it, and um, and that's that's great. Yeah. So, go oh, ahead, D. Well, no, you go. I was I was gonna say, uh, no fooling around. Let's get straight to the big question: Who's FinLab? Why do they invest so much money into Voltoro? And now that they have, what what does that mean for your company? What's the vision and the mission? Oh yeah, well, Finlab is an investment firm, a VC out of Frankfurt in in Germany, and but they're publicly listed, and you know we uh, we've been looking for funding from the right investor for ages, and we stayed away from ICOs. Now we can go a bit into that later, uh, just for now, um, and 
Yeah, and, and they invested in us uh, for our seed round, uh, which is really, really fantastic because it, it'll let us stop raising money and wasting time doing, you know, doing that and actually building cool, cool shit. Uh, <laughs> Elaborate on the cool shit. Like, what's in the pipeline? Give us an exclusive. <laughs> All right. Well, um, basically what we're going to release is first a um, um, we're going to focus on the gold side for a little while because I really feel like gold is a really nice gateway drug into Bitcoin and into crypto for people because people trust gold. They've, they've you know, it's been around for 3000 plus years and, um, and we've gotten, uh, we've partnered with the biggest gold vaulting facility here in Europe and, uh, and uh, it's fully audited and insured and all that jazz. And so people love, they, they, they trust put their money in there and then we make an easy wallet so they can, pay stuff with that gold so they can pay bills and and have it liquid so it's not just sitting in some vault but they can um just like bitpay does with bitcoin is we instantly convert it but we also have the the option to spend in bitcoin so people that have been interested be like oh i'll get some gold uh especially in greece and cyprus we've seen a lot go down in europe here and people are very mm, you know they've seen a lot of currencies you know the listeners of this podcast would not some of us would know that the average lifespan of a paper currency is only 27 years. And the euro has been around for what, maybe, what is it, 13, 15 years? You know, it's it's still very young, but already starting to be shaky. You know, when, when you see banks closing in Cyprus and Greece and just taking a haircut of 10%, people are um, people are frightened. So by being able to save in a real asset that we can't speculate with, and uh, you know, have proof of liquidity and, and all this amazing transparency that the blockchain gives us, while giving the people the ability to still spend and use all the stuff we enjoy, like a Visa debit card to you know spend on things. By having that, it really um, uh, it really gives a true exit door to the mainstream. Uh, and and you know, I think an exit door is probably what is the most important thing, and uh, because it allows for true competition in these, uh, to, to the Euro here in Europe or the dollar in America. And, and, and when you have competition, it'll, you know, as, as they say, uh, in Australia, competition keeps the bastards honest. And, um, <laughs> and it's true, uh, you know, if, if, if there's an exit door, they'll think twice about printing a heck of a lot, uh, more money because they think, Ooh, you know, people could, people could go elsewhere. Yeah, it's like you have to work harder because you know if people are going to choose to opt out, you've got to work harder to do, well, like you said, keep the bastards out. So, yeah, I th- I think that so there tends to be some correlation between people wanting to branch out and hedge uh, against the mainstream whenever there's like uncertainty afoot. And do you think that yep. any of the recent uncertainty into the world has kind of bled into the recent successes for Voltoro or for these alternate assets? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, it's funny because I tour a lot uh, of these conferences and give talks and things. And and so I get to experience some of these other places, um, just in Europe especially. And so many people not only remember the current situation, but their grandparents, like people in Russia, for instance, have lived through, if they're, you know, in their 30s, they've lived through three currency collapses. It's it, so they they understand that oh man our family only survived that because we hedged some in 
in in US dollars and gold. And and you know back then if you held US dollars as a Russian it was seen as traitorous. You know if you mm. got busted you're a traitor. And and um and so gold is a lot more neutral. It's like oh we don't, and bitcoin's the same. It's like a neutral ground. So it's like people can people can definitely hold something other than that. And I think that's definitely driving the adoption up here. And you know we're seeing Venezuela going insane as well. So South America and all these other places are also experiencing large scale, pretty volatile times. Would you categorize this as like an alternative economy? Like maybe those are the only economies that kept you know our grandparents' bank accounts afloat during hard times. Would I know you have kind of a fascination with alternate economies. I didn't know if this was kind of related to that. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, definitely. I, you know, I love, I love all this sharing economy that's happening now, and um, and we're seeing a lot of it in Europe. And I think it's going to stem more and more as human obsolescence happens, where where we start seeing alternative economies bloom because, you know, people need to survive, and as more and more people lose their work or their jobs, um, <clears throat> we'll have to think of new ways. And I think barter and, and exchange and and sharing is really where it's at. Yeah, I can definitely see the sharing economy booming and continuing to boom moving forward. Yeah, That's like the car sharing thing over here is amazing. Yeah, we, we, I, I, no one needs a car. You have this, uh, like BMW have this company called Drive Now, and there's literally a thousand cars spread around the city, and all, there's always one near you, all different models. And you just look on your phone, and you go boom, hire it, and it's like half the price of a cab. You jump in, you drive it, you leave it wherever. And there's scooters and there's bikes like that. It's happening more and more. It's pretty yeah, cool. it's definitely fascinating. How long do you think before these cars are driving themselves? I give it five uh, years. Yeah, I, I, t- I think I'd, I'd, I'd go with that too. I heard it's already happening. Well, there's test cases, but I mean, there's a lot of people that are still scared of a car driving itself. Yeah, but I think there's that's no way I'm taking a nap. Like, w- would you take a nap in your car? And just wake up at your destination. Hell Absolutely. No. <laughs> right. Absolutely. I'm stressed out. The destination what? just like a mess. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'd be more comfortable if there were other autonomous vehicles. Like if there were greater than sixty percent autonomous vehicles on the road, then I would feel comfortable taking. Yeah, them. we won't be early adopters of the autonomous car industry. <laughs> I will. Yeah. I'll be cruising. Hey, did so, you hear the uh, Josh? Did you hear the Peter Schiff interview on uh, on Rogan, or even hear about it or know about it? Sorry, my the the headphones cut out for a second there. What was that? So I like Peter Schiff is like one of the only like well known cold bugs that I know about, and he caught a yeah. lot of heat on that Joe Rogan interview. I don't know if you had any comments or uh, or if you even listened to it. Any thoughts? Um, yeah. So um, you know, Peter's always been pretty anti-Bitcoin uh, from day one. He sees it as a chula bubble and said all these sort of things. Um, and I think he's starting to come around now. I've seen a couple of tweets from him about um, about that Bitcoin is, you know, a good hedge in rough times and mm. gold. But, do you think it's coming you know, around or do you think he's backpedaling? I, I think he's probably backpedaling. You know, I think... <laughs> Anyone that's into reason and and evidence should really be comfortable with when you get new information in, you should make 
change your opinion. And this, you know, th this is what I always find funny when people talk about politicians flip-flopping. I think, you know, flip-flopping is sometimes a good thing because it shows that you can actually change your mind and you're not dogmatic. And if there's new evidence that something is, uh, you know, a truth comes out, then you should recognize that as that and, uh, and deal with it. And I think he's slowly, Peter Schiff's slowly realizing that, look, Bitcoin is to be taken seriously. The math is solid. Uh, the game theory is solid. It's been solid for eight years. And, um, and we're, uh, you know, it's, it's going on whether he says it's crap or not. So, yeah, um, yeah I, you know, the thing is, I've, I've always seen gold as uh, something that works really well together. And, and since day one of being in this, uh, in this space, I've seen so the gold bugs. Ah, no, it's just like another fiat. It's made out of nothing. And I've seen Bitcoiners go, ah, gold, it's old. It does, it's useless. It's just a pet rock. And, and they've sort of not really understood that they work really well together. Like gold is, you know, first of all, Bitcoin is modeled on gold. You know, it's a mathematical model on gold in, in terms of uh, some of the philosophies behind it. Um, it's a, it's instead of a rare metal, it's a rare number. It's found into existence uh, like gold. It's spent into existence like gold. It's not lent into existence with debt. Um, all these things. And, um, and as they, uh, and, and by, <clears throat> on the other hand, it's actually the total opposite as well. So it's, it's very similar. It's very the same as gold, but it's the total opposite. So gold is very hard to verify. It's hard to move around. It's heavy. It's, it's not very good on the internet. It's, uh, whereas Bitcoin is the total opposite. Um, it's really fast to move around. It's easy to verify, um, but it's very instable, uh, unstable. And, and gold's very stable compared to uh, Bitcoin. And so, um, so I think by being able to trade in and out of these two assets, it's a really good way of people staying in private money that's owned by them and not by a bank, and um, uh, but have the the speed and agility and transparency of uh, the Bitcoin protocol. Do you think banks will be able to pivot? Like, let's just get lofty here and let's imagine a world where Bitcoin's ubiquitous and people are using it, and that's just that. Enormous amounts of people are using Bitcoin and crypto. Do you think will be able to pivot and be able to provide their services to that population, or do you think banks go the way of Blockbuster? <laughs> yeah, I think I think banks will stick around. They'll just um, they'll have to they'll, they will have to pivot. I mean, it's it's just, and I don't think they have a problem with it. It's more that they've built so many regulations around themselves to to protect themselves from competition that they've they're like, oh, we've built all this regulation, and instead of keeping them out, we've kept ourselves out of what's going on. Mm. Um, you know, these regulations really stop startups from competing with them, and they love that. But at the end of the day, all these startups are now are now creating their own thing. <laughs> and yeah. banks are looking over this massive wall going, hang on a minute. Yeah, yeah. like we went in on that, but it's yeah. going to cost too much to get over this giant wall that we built. So Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think it's the same for VCs and ICOs. You know, a lot of people are saying, oh, this is the end of IC uh, VCs. But I don't think see that either. We have, uh, we'll just have a plethora, we're already seeing a, this ridiculous amounts of ICOs. And, VCs will be used to pre-fund the ICOs to market above the noise to, to you know get the marketing out for or to prevent um, you know uh, 
to look, you know, professional investors, they look at and do the due diligence and then give the stamp of approval and then other people will jump on board. Yeah, I think there's a huge void. There's a huge need for a group or several groups that are basically not policing, but just providing some sort of consumer rating for these ICOs. Um, I did find a ICO rating dot IO like I think a month back, which try this mm. does a pretty good job of it. Um, okay, but there just needs to be more of that. Just definitely some of that's, these. That's why. Yeah, they're just ridiculous. I think I got it. we got an email cello at like one a.m. that was um, time coin or something like that. <laughs> um, actually, I shouldn't even <laughs> said their name. Oh, I, I saw like your was, response where you were just like. Where hey, I just destroyed them. <laughs> yeah, come on my show and let me know how I can use your scammy tactics to prevent other people from getting scammed. I was That's like, pretty much damn. what I did. <laughs> oh, man. But it's, uh, it's getting absurd. Why didn't you go down the, the ICO route? Because yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned it. You could have raised $10 billion if you wanted to. Yeah, look, uh, you know, it definitely uh, occurred to us and we were looking at it uh, also you know, two years ago, but it's, you know, it, first of all, we really wanted to, um, you know, first of all, I, I just want to start this by saying, I, I love the idea of ICOs. I think it's a great democratic way, you know, it's, it's a great way to democratize, uh, or not even democratize, just free capital and mm-hmm. allow the little guy to invest in something instead of slot machines. And, um, uh, and so, but, but saying that just, like you were mentioning before, you need to um, you, you need to have more self con- more self regulation, more voluntary uh, market regulations, uh, not government regulations, but sites that rate these things. Uh, the, the consumer needs to become better because right now we're going through the initial um, peak, and a lot of people need to lose a lot of money. This is how free markets work. They need to uh, have a crisis, a learning stage where they then get come back and demand as a consumer um, more transparency or more ratings or uh, from rating agencies and stuff like that. Um, you know, the same thing we saw with uh, with crypto exchanges. You know, in the debt first we had Mt. Gox and and all this sort of stuff, and now we're starting to see exchanges with uh, more transparency. I mean, that was my hope anyway. We we've got like radical transparency on Voltoro, but um, you know, there, there are other exchanges that also have proof of transparent proof of um, reserve and stuff like this and this is because the consumer eventually needs to demand it so i'm i'm waiting you know we might have an ico because i would love um, our users to be able to have a part of this uh, our growth um but we just want to first a wait for the market to become a little bit more self-regulated and um and a little bit more solid um and yeah this this first investment just lets us build some of these features that we've wanted to build and and get on with it and then we'll look into an ICO later. Well, speaking of, of regulation, uh, I know that the regulatory environment over there is it's just a lot clearer than it is in the U.S. Is that kind of why your jurisdiction is kind of staying put in, in kind of the London yeah. area? No, absolutely. London has been in the bullion markets forever and a day. So it, the, the regulations for that is really well known and very well structured. And, uh, and it's pretty much voluntary uh, also, which is amazing. Um, uh, but it's very, you know, to to um, 
to be well trusted in that uh, and and well understood and you have to you have to do all the things that regulators would want anyway so you want a professional auditor to come and audit all the gold you want an insurance company a large insurance company to insure client holdings and all this sort of stuff and uh, and that's what you know what we're doing but yeah europe is really uh, is really forward thinking like gibraltar for instance have got an amazing ico uh, framework that they're building out uh, it's very very well structured um Xi'an is is working with them uh, i don't know if you've interviewed her um but uh yeah and and the eu in general but we'll see i mean this whole market is is crazy we're seeing you know china i mean that's the big talking point at the moment right so uh that's definitely not a friendly place because it's it's a place that can just flip like the wind yeah um, at the drop of a hat i feel i kind of feel bad for Chinese people and their government just being so damn ruling over everything that they do. It's, it just really sucks. I, I don't know. It, I would feel pretty scared if I were living in China just because you never know what's going to happen from day to day. But Yeah, um, well, it makes it very uncertain for businesses. And it's funny, with one side of the face, they say, oh, we really want to embrace blockchain technology. And the other side, they're like... Mmm. But uh, yeah. I'll be interested to see what happens with the mining in China now. If miners can't cash out and pay for electricity, um, I'll be very, very interested to see where mining, uh, where all that equipment goes. Uh, it'll probably end up in Iceland or something like that. Yeah, okay. that's going to be interesting to see. I think, I think the most interesting, the thing that I'm most excited to see if it happens is resilience of the Bitcoin market. If if everything just gets priced in and that mining equipment gets shipped off and everything just proceeds as normal, I'll be really excited at that point. Uh, just because it says that hey, Bitcoin is doesn't really care if you're a government, it doesn't care if you're a person. It's just gonna keep on, it's gonna keep on moving and growing. Um, and I think that'll be a pretty solid stamp on its resiliency. So definitely, definitely, I, I sometimes visualize. Bitcoin as 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 this sort of organic, uh, self-perpetuating thing that's that's paying humans to secure it, and it's growing and growing and just getting bigger. It's like a living digital living thing. Yeah, it's it's probably the most fascinating thing I've been a part of my whole life. So, um, <laughs> so there's that. There's that. It is, yeah. man. Me too. I'll join you with that for sure. Yeah. It's um. I love so I do this other show called On Ramping, and I love sometimes that those on ramping you can hear the light bulb go off with people that are trying to be on ramp to Bitcoin, and they yeah, they right. finally get it, and they're like, oh okay, so where do I buy? That's the next step. And I'm like, All right, yeah. cool. I'll help you out. Um, I, I, I wish they'd say where do I? How do I earn? How do I? Earn? Well, that's a tough conversation to have. I mean, there's Bitwage, right? And then yep, yeah. And then I guess, of course, if you know somebody who happens to have a bunch, you could just do a job for them and get some Bitcoin. But Yeah, well, you know, plug out to people accepting Bitcoin. Like a friend of mine, he was doing graphic design, like, um, you know, sort of explainer videos for startups. Uh, and he was doing them in the Bitcoin space. And just like the Bitcoin market's gone crazy, the, the quotes that he's getting back, you know, he's, get, he's earning so much money from doing these little these videos now because a he's like very well known in that space but but and he's very good but um you know it, it's uh 
a lot of people all of a sudden have a lot of money um, mm-hmm. to spend. And, um, and so it's not just ICOs, it's also people accepting cryptocurrency. So please, folks, don't just sit there and try to buy uh, these these things. You know, we're meant to earn them as well. And we're meant to use, uh, you know, build an economy here. The sound advice. <laughs> sound advice. Yeah, I, I hope you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> I really, uh, I, I, I love the idea of the on-ramp podcast. Though. That's that's also cool. Going okay. I made a mistake last yeah. week. I said you need to learn how to program in parody, and I got called out. Uh, my um, audience was like, "Parody's a wallet, man," and I was like, "Oops, <laughs> dude, our Slack <laughs> channel will, will get us." Yeah, if you want honesty, if you're if you're listening to the show and you have a business and you have something you're trying to do and you want honesty. Join our Slack channel and ask them how they feel about it. You <laughs> straight up brutal honesty. Oh wow! Uh, yeah. yeah, we um, should be the podcast the game, thing. Josh. Yeah, I know you were doing like co-hosting for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I'm still co-hosting every so often with uh, with Tatiana on the Tatiana show, and uh, I'm just building a little studio downstairs, so I'll have a a nice green screen set up and start doing some stuff like that too. What? Yeah, I want to be yeah, a guest on your show. Ask, ask yeah, well, definitely. Well, when you're definitely. ready to step out into the spotlight, man, you know you can have yeah. a little corner of the network over here. Sorry, Tatiana. All right. Sorry, Tatiana. We'll roll out yeah. the red carpet for you. Digital red carpet, of course. Digi- the digi carpet. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's it's uh, man. There's just so much to talk about. I'm just still trying to come up with a concept for the show um, and and stuff. I, I really want to. I really love educating people. Um, the more and more people know about the system that we're living in now and the system that's being built um, around them and the wealth transfer that's happening, uh, the better. And so, I, I, you know, I, I like. Uh, yeah. Not just that too. It's like we want to we want to get people away from this current banking system before there's another currency crisis, and definitely. that's kind of what we're doing too. Yep, definitely. Mm-hmm. That's been actually one of the goals of Voltora to like get as many people. I mean, you know, I the, constantly I talk to older people who've retired. They've got, you know, they've sold the house. They've got a little bit more than 100k, 200k, 300k in the bank after everything, and that's what they have to live on for the rest of their life. And, and it's funny because when, when banks go broke, usually very um, young people go, yeah, tax the rich. Well, who cares if they take 10% of someone who's got over a thousand, hundred thousand, that means they're rich. It's like, hang on. No, it doesn't. It means that they're probably needing that money to survive for the rest of their life. And, and if something happens, if this house of cards falls, well, there's, they're, they're all their money's in the bank, their life savings in these banking systems, um, then it's there's going to be a lot of pain. So trying to get these people into, you know, at least to diversify into some hard assets and some software assets like Bitcoin um, is, is a really, really uh, strong idea. Does it feel a little bit like we're rhyming with history, though? Like, there, this isn't good, this isn't the first time a massive, well, not massive, but a giant not giant either a group of people said time and time again hey it's if anything it's just a good idea to hedge against the government's system because it's not always going to be the best thing in town like and history has shown that but over and over and over again you get people like ourselves that are just saying like hey like things are good i get it 
I get it, but they get bad, and when they get bad, you want to have options, and then everybody's just like, oh, screw you guys. You guys are just chicken littles, or yep. you know, you're screaming that the sky is falling when it's clearly held up. It's it's everything is fine. So, do you think that there's even like any any point to being in that group of people, or just being the person that just kind of benefits from being forward thinking enough to know that okay, my government isn't isn't the only option. I could keep wealth outside of that. Well, you know, it's very profitable right now to be ahead of the game. You know, um, yeah, that's by buying Bitcoin. You know, I mean, by holding Bitcoin, we're all doing very well, and people are seeing that. And I think so that this is this is the reason why I really think that Bitcoin can't lose because a you know it's it's three three vectors here. You've got the the people that are like, oh, don't trust government, don't trust the banks, jump into something alternative. Then you've got um, people that are just seeing the profit motive and mm-hmm. going, oh wow, and uh, and then you've got I had a third one, but I've forgotten that now. But uh, you know, so there's there's this points where if some of the left behind they don't, they don't care about any of the philosophy of, of freedom or any of that or, or that the banks are going to go broke but they just see the profits and they go well yeah i'm going to have part of that oh yeah the third one is it's just better right i mean once you're in the economy you start to see that i can send you guys 50 bucks and you have it um or someone else 20 or, or one or, or with protocols like i heard a little tiny nano or with lightning network nano transactions in in um, you know what what why wouldn't you use that? So on these three angles, um, it's just uh, it's just the way of the future. Mm-hmm. Just get over it, folks. Get amongst it. And the <laughs> tech seems to be growing faster than people can get comfortable with it. Like now, these atomic swaps are like right on the horizon. I saw yep. uh, I saw Char- our friend Charlie Lee uh, do the atomic swap to Vertcoin yesterday, and I was like, wow. This stuff is moving so fast, and it's like you said, it's just cool. It's cooler. <laughs> it's cooler than regular money. I don't know. It's just uh, cooler than regular. Just cooler. Yeah. Than regular money. Um, I mean, I have got. There, there's some interesting questions though around atomic swaps and where it's all going, because you know, and and we'll have to wait and see. Because you know, Peter Schiff saying, "Ah, oh, Bitcoin's a, a, a tulip bubble." I would say, mm. what are you an, you're an idiot. There's 21 million of these things. It's not like tulips. It was unending and uh, yeah. you know, it's infinite. But what? So Bitcoin, and this is this also goes with the argument of uh, Bitcoin's boring, blockchains. What's interesting? Uh, because I I don't think Bitcoin is a tulip bubble. It's definitely not. What is it? What could be is blockchains. Um, they can just can, be infinitely made. Yeah, because you can make it infinity of them yeah so what will happen when you can start trading infinite tokens um will will the brand name of bitcoin be and the the network of people that accept that as payment um be enough to hold it up i mean i i think it will but it's an interesting question i think uh we should um yeah worth pondering yeah it's got my brain moving well Hello, you got any? You got anything else? Say so we hit him with the ten words. It's been a oh, while. question of the Smash hour. <laughs> so you've done this once successfully before. We're going to ask you again. In ten words or less, can you describe Bitcoin? 
Oh man. Um, <laughs> 10 words or less. Um, the best damn thing that's ever happened to our generation. Uh, period. Period. <laughs> <laughs> that's 10, like, that's perfectly 10 words. I shouldn't have made a noise. I think you would have went over, but it's okay. Yeah, Not I like, you I like get any points or anything. Well, Joshua, thank you for coming back. Uh, congratulations hey. on the recent successful investment. That's got to feel pretty good. Um, good. Now that you have, see, I equate money to time. So an investment like that gives you a lot more time to work, a lot more time to focus on the things you want to focus on and really put good products out into this ecosystem, which it always needs good stuff. So Definitely. congratulations there. Definitely. Huge hey, fan. Thanks very, very much. When you start podcasting, you've got real estate already with your name on it. <laughs> You want it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want it. Cool, cool. man. Well, all thanks right. very much. And thanks for all your great work, guys. I, I love that you guys have been, you know, still going after all this time and uh, and only growing. It's fantastic to see. Really, Thank you. really cool. We've yeah. No pod fatigue both, here. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, have a good one. Peace out. Yep. Peace right, market. And that was the interview with Josh Agala from Australia. But lives in London. Because it's easy. Get out of there. here. I like what? how you switched from Australia to London so effortlessly. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That was um, pretty impressive, actually. It was. No, it Thank wasn't. You. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was, Corey. Why are you always hating on me, man? And he hates pyramids and your accent skills so hard. Oh, his his white (laughs) accent skills. His white accent skills are pretty much the same guy, regardless of anything. (laughs) It all sounds like somewhat terrible Australian. Kanga. (laughs) Kanga. You want to meet me down at the pub? I'd say your black accent skills are pretty good. Yeah, spot on. My black accent skills. I can't even think of every time we bring that up, I can't think of any black people to imitate. Bet you can't do like Noah from the Daily Show. Oh man, he's impossibly hard to do. He's South it's, African. Yeah, South African. So it'd be like uh So the other day I was going on coinbase.com and I put in my information, my credentials, and it says Two-factor authentication. And I'm like, what is this? What is this new form of security? It's two-factor authentication. So I so I sign up for the Google Authenticator. I get it. And that's as that's as good as I got. That's not it's not terrible. It's, it's not just... terrible, but it's not you still know it's me. We always know you it's you. You do a good there's a <laughs> there's a nasty rumor floating around that I do not drink alcohol. Oh yeah. There's a <laughs> terrible rumor going around. That I do not consume alcohol. I would like to let you know. This is very false. That's my favorite. What is that from? <laughs> that was that was Tawanda. <laughs> that was the guest that we had, our very first guest. Did he say that? I don't remember that. Yeah. We found a YouTube video of him hanging out with his boys. And <laughs> <laughs> there is a very ugly rumor going around that I do not consume alcohol. <laughs> I was like, what? And him and his boys were just raging with 40s, like malt liquor. 
They're like, this is very false. And they were just getting wasted. Who puts that on YouTube? Weird thing to put on the internet. He's not as nerdy as you think he is. (laughs) Yeah. His boy was in the background. Oh, I turned on YouTube accidentally. His boy was in the background just like getting wasted. I was like, oh, this is great. I was like, I'm glad that black people drink malt liquor in Africa, too. Makes me feel really validated. (laughs) It's not just us in America. Yeah, it's a black thing everywhere. Get that beer out of here. I'll take that malt liquor, please. Bring that on over here. Anaconda Um, malt liquor. (laughs) Get you drunk. Um, Hey, should we all get tattoos in Mexico? Mm. I got a tattoo in Brazil we, only because I knew careful, who the guy we're was. Gonna, we're gonna end up with barcode tattoos in Mexico. Get sold into sex slavery. That's what's gonna happen. I'd think a terrible. Let's get tiny. Slavery. Let's get tiny headphone yeah. logos. No, Where do you want to get it? Do you want to get it like on the ass cheek? I'm down. I'm gonna get my left headphone on my right inner thigh and my left headphone on my right nut that sounds like so a terrible when i put idea. them together when i put them together it makes it makes headphones but when they're separate it's just a weird symbol and i can be that guy you know yeah you guys are gonna do that too? i'm not doing that okay I'm going to put my left headphone on my left outside shoulder and my right headphone on my right outside shoulder. And then the band that connects them is going to go up my shoulders and my neck and my scalp and all the way back down again. That's going to be expensive. Hey, man, you only live twice. What I say? That's the name of the next Bond movie, probably. You only live twice? Yeah. Tomorrow never dies, and you only live twice. There's not enough energy for you to live more than twice. This is science. So you, you live once, and then you get a reset, and you get a second go at it. And then if you don't make the most of that second go, it's a wrap. What about reincarnation? Anyway, why don't we come back to talk about nothing Bitcoin-related? Uh, that's your you guys' fault. People wanted uh, People wanted the end show, but we got nothing to talk about today. We usually have nothing to talk about. We make it up. At the, uh, and, <laughs> I'm, I'm hungover, and I'm really working to be here. Yeah, sorry, guys. <laughs> this is bad. We didn't know. Let's talk about one Bitcoin thing. Oh, yeah. So we're through October, ladies and gentlemen. That's happening, like, tomorrow. So. <laughs> Did you see my graphic? The guy who's currently hungover. I'm currently hungover. I'm trying to make the best of it while I can. You know what, Corey? We're uh, gonna we're gonna socially shame you now. Sixty six percent of this podcast did not drink last night. Sucks for you guys. Corey, did you see my little dicky sober in October graphic for you? No. It's in the guest acquisition channel. You made a, you made me a you made me a yeah to kind of help you kick it off. Hell yeah. Hey, people have real concerns, so let's talk about the fork and. How people need to prepare again. This is going to be a long uh, episode. I think we should wrap it. Ah, man. We talked about a lot of bullshit and people were going to be upset. No, they won't. Some will. No. Whatever. We've been giving them consistent midweeks. A lot. There's a lot. Yeah, of we have another midweek coming. So, hey, sorry, guys. Hey, we're going to talk about this fork and whether you should give a shit or not in the midweek. Um, 
you should probably go with the latter because sorry if we feel a little not enthused is that we've talked about this before and you can go to late past episodes to hear but we will give you a full breakdown because we know some of you are new to bitcoin and crypto and you don't know about all this forking thing and you know what the protocol should be for you personally so we'll help you out there um but yeah we'll do it in the midweek because we've run out of time and we spent the whole 15 minutes now bullshitting and we're sorry kind of uh, i'm not i'm not that sorry it's fun we're human but, we're tired and hungover we did our best i'm hungover yeah. you guys are not hungover not hungover not even tired actually it's a great day uh, hey so um <laughs> so we say congratulations cello is it official um. Yeah, I just I don't like the attention. Come on, man! Stop being so bashful. Uh, yeah. So I work in crypto now with Corey, not with Hey-o. Corey, but I'm in the space full time. That's sixty six percent of us now. I'm the last one left. Anybody want to hire D? Contact us. <laughs> oh Contact yeah. Us. I have I have a podcast. Yeah. If you want to hire me for your crypto company. I'm available for hire. Hope my boss doesn't hear this. <laughs> they won't. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the company I just got hired for uses data algebra to solve complex software engineering problems. You know they made that term I up? No. Like, they, they... The, the guy who works there created that term. Yeah, that's what I mean by that. Like, I didn't mean it like they just, they just made it up. Like, the oh, guy yeah. created data algebra. Well, you can create algebra with damn near anything. He created or a algebra of data. It's like that. That's what I mean. Like it's, he's yeah. he's the dude's no joke. He's, he's I love he's been around the block. I love algebra. algebra. He told me in the UK, they uh, they wanted to name a building after him. Now what? he's just now he's now he's just flossing. He's just he's just showing off. Yeah, that was a floss floss moment. Wow. Anyway, tell him that, tell him that uh, next time. Like, don't, stop flossing. Yeah. Man, you floss. <laughs> I'm gonna start calling uh, you a dentist. But I don't know anything about um, math. But I'm gonna do my best in the space. So yeah, it's exciting, and this podcast uh, definitely helped. So thank you. But the the way I look at it, my my success is is wouldn't be uh, possible uh, without our collective success. My success is our success because I couldn't do it without you guys. I would agree. Oh man, you making me feel feels right now. You making yeah. me feel feelings. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Nobody <laughs> makes me bleed my. Well, hey, congratulations, man. I'm right behind you. you, especially if my employers aren't listening. Uh, I'll be. <laughs> or if they are listening, I'll probably be faster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that motherfucker's trying to leave. Give him the fucking boot. Give him the boot. Um. Congratulations. And shout out to Zoe Saldana. Of course, as always, you keep doing your thing, boo. Uh, You haven't been answering my texts lately, so. Yeah. Um, Do you guys have any celebrity women that you'd like to shout out? I'm married, dude. Yeah, no, but it's just a tiny amount of disrespect your wife no nope. okay 
I don't know. I'll just add a little little disrespect. What's up, Anne Hathaway? I'll bite. <laughs> I'll dish out a little that. disrespect. I'm feeling disrespectful this morning. I'm going to toss them out there. Uh, shout out to Anne Hathaway, girl. Get them nice smiles. You got nice, nice teeth, girl. All right. So, um, yeah, I guess that's it. Twitter. Uh, the Slack, go to the website. You can find the Slack. Join the Slack. We talk to you guys. Uh, there's lot. lots of riveting conversation in there. There's a, a lot. lot of talking going on in there. Um, and if you're a noob, you can ask me questions, and I'll say, like, hey, man, I'll answer your question. You're not a noob in that aspect anymore. Noob. Um, yeah, so... Uh, we got a bunch of shows coming out. At the next month, like we just got a yeah. gang of shows waiting to come out next month. So, oh yeah, fire cell. What the hell? New show gonna be fire. Ethereum Sorry. podcast. This is for you, cello. Ether review. The Ethereum and Ethereum podcast has come out. It's gonna be lit. Oh no! <laughs> Don't say that word. <laughs> the return lit. of Ken. Lit as fuck. Ken, he's his show's coming back. Ken got his identity back. Everybody, he got it back. It took a lot of work and a lot of phone calls and a lot of emails, but he got his shit back. So good for Ken. I'm actually going to be releasing a special public service announcement episode on Rampant with D where I interview Ken so you don't make the same mistakes Ken made and lose some thousands in crypto and your identity at the same time. His new nickname is Kenneth Bozhacked. Oh, <laughs> man. See what you did there. <laughs> you must have kids. Because that was a dad thing. <laughs> um, let's see. Who else has got a show? We got Block Channel. We interviewed the the fellows over at Illuminate.io, which is basically trying to be the Bloomberg of all these tokens. And they're doing a damn smash-up job. And when you hear the backstory of their founder, you're going to think, holy damn, crypto's getting lit as fuck. No, Stop saying that. Crypto's... <laughs> I, it's hard for me to say. That's what makes it worse. Uh, um, yeah, you're going to think to yourself, wow, crypto is maturing. There's a lot of talent and there's a lot of forward-thinking individuals entering in space. All right, guys, play the outro.